Thunderous Show. Welcome along to Season 2, Episode 2. I'm still counting. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm counting up to around six we did last season, wasn't it? And then when I gave up. Do you know what which uh, episode number this is in total? No. Oh, dear. I should do, shouldn't You've let me down already. Luke will tell me. Mr. Statsman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Colin and Bob are with you for the next hour, talking all things Wiccan Wanderers. Uh, no Sheila Bees this week. No, indeed. Uh, but you would know how to say Galatasaray properly, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. Um, and great to have Bob in the studio Hello! with us as well. I, was, yes. I, I thought perhaps we'd not mention this, but, but it's, it's definitely a, a thing to flag up, I think. Oh, well, thank you very much, yes. Can't uh, remember having, the last having, time you were Having sat. been ill for, for a month um, and not actually... Uh, been in the Wickham Sound Studio, um, and also actually not not just been in the studio for for a long time. I was going anyway. to say you've not you, you, you've been from the uh, Wibben Green I branch have, for yes, some time. Be, uh, indeed. So it's nice to actually be sitting here, uh, and I'm very impressed that you're you're in uh, your Wickham Wanderers. Um, I think it's one of the the training tops, isn't it? No, no, it's an or was a, it, was away this, kit. Was this from... one of the away kits? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. You, you get muddled with the away kits. Yes. Uh, still to come. That, that's quite a good link actually, because still to come uh, this week in the show, um, Bob's been shopping. I have. You've been yes. to the club shop and we've got some things to, to the review. Club shop. Uh, I had, had a great time there today. Uh, yeah, one of those times where I went in and I was only going to sort of spend a few pounds uh, on a couple of things, uh, which will be revealed later on. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, those training tops are rather nice, aren't they? Oh, look. Oh, I quite like that that hoodie. That's um, the trouble, isn't it? You keep seeing yeah. things and you think, oh, I quite like that now. quite a lot of money in the end. Ooh. So more on that to come. We'll be hearing from our very own Luke Cashman on his first visit to Adams Park. Yes, which was for the Leicester game. Yes, which seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? It does, yes. Other things to look back on uh, include, obviously, uh, the League One kickoff uh, at Adams Park against Accrington Stanley last Saturday. We'll review the game against Exeter City on Tuesday. Whew, a dramatic end to it that. It was, yes. And also we'll look ahead to the first away game of the season in League One at Cheltenham on Saturday. Plus, we'll hear from a former player, Mike Brown, who uh, is, I spoke to earlier on today, and uh, he's got some fantastic memories to share. But first, almost effortlessly there. <laughs> almost ran out of breath there, I don't know why. I, <laughs> I thought Once oh. again, it's, it's Bob and Colin unplanned. Absolutely. Yep. We've got someone saying a big hello to later as well, haven't we? Uh, we have indeed, yes. In America. Uh, indeed, yes. So the, the Denver branch of the Wickham <laughs> Wanderers worldwide phenomenon. Uh, they decided not to support the Colorado Rockies or the Denver Broncos, but to support Wickham Wanderers, and they made the right choice. Uh, where does this reach me? Episode 42, by the oh, way. Oh, very impressive. Yeah, OK. And that, that includes all of the extra episodes, because if you remember at the end of last of season one, we, you know, we kept saying, this is our last episode. And then, like, oh, Gareth yes. said, oh, do you fancy doing an interview? Yes, because there, so there, there were two penultimate ones. There were, there? yes. If that's possible. Yeah, it was a, a bit like Dynasty or something like that. Oh, there's, 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 there's a revolving uh, score now. It could be up to the 43 now. Oh, OK. Bearing in mind the two penultimate ones. Uh, indeed, yes. But yeah, there was the special at the end, wasn't there, with Gareth? There was, that you special at the end. Have a yes, sit down yes. with him. Well, you sat down? I assume you sat down. I sat down with him, yes. <laughs> and then he went off in a spaceship. And I think that was Dallas, actually, wasn't it? <laughs> or was it Dynasty? I'm sorry. For, for, for younger listeners, One this the, is an American it, soap opera. Indeed, from absolutely, from yes. yes. Reference. If, they, if you didn't get the, the Bedeal and Skinner unplanned <laughs> reference from episode one, you're definitely not going to get the <laughs> Dallas and Dynasty reference. We may have left you behind already. Indeed. So you went along to Adams Park on Saturday. I did, uh, and it was it was fantastic because obviously fans were there, uh, and and it was it it was as football used to be, and how wonderful uh, just to be back and actually hearing the chants. Um, just you know, just it was just great. Uh, it was you know almost almost sort of like shedding a tear, just thinking, oh, you know, it's so so nice to be back, um, and we were great uh, to be honest. Um, for the first opening nine minutes or so, I thought. Probably 
probably Akron should actually have the better of the opening exchanges and, and you know, was, was slightly thinking, oh, you know, this isn't going to go quite how we're all expecting. Uh, but then, obviously, uh, man of the moment, Gareth McLeary, stepped up uh, and scored two goals in very quick succession. And after that, really, uh, for the, the next 60 minutes or so, we were very, very comfortable uh, to, to the point that actually it almost looked a bit like a pre-season game, uh, the way that the ball was being passed around. We were that comfortable. But, of course, we wouldn't be Wickham Wanderers unless we then conceded with five minutes to go just to make things a little bit tense uh, but even then you know Accrington probably had a couple of chances after that but we, we saw it out uh, in the end pretty safely because I was keen to ask because obviously you were in the privileged position of seeing a lot of the championship games last I was. year so was, did it feel like a bit of a not step down but a difference in pace or did it feel like oh this is the team from the championship last season or did it feel because obviously there are a number of new faces as well no it still felt very much like this is the team from the championship last season actually almost with a, a couple of decent additions to Sam Vokes was you know was really really impressive I thought um, and definitely just it just brings a slightly different dimension to our play which again in a slight sort of Bayo and Uchi way in, enables other players to do things around him and Gareth McCleary in particular obviously you know who, who scored two goals uh, was certainly benefited I thought from Sam Vokes being in the team um, I think the only thing that made it feel maybe a little bit more like the lower leagues, um, and this is no criticism of them at all, but just obviously Accrington, a little bit like ourselves, are one of the smaller clubs, even in the lower leagues. Uh, and so, of course, they probably bought maybe 50 fans, possibly slightly more. Um, but that, you know, that, that was the only thing that made you think, oh, yes, OK, this isn't really, this, this isn't a championship game. Um, but as I say, that's no disrespect to them at all, because I, I do always think when fans, home fans, then start chanting, at away fans things such as is that all you bring away it's always slightly ironic because they're the ones that are there and when the Exeter fans were doing it to us on Tuesday night and you were thinking well hang on I've come all the way down the M5 and the M4 on a Tuesday evening and all you can do is sing at us is that all you bring away but four and a half thousand, pretty decent, I guess, for a for a season opener. I thought it was, yes. And again, particularly the fact that Accrington didn't actually bring that many. When you look at, at, at similar uh, opening games and the attendances, they were normally, you think back a couple of years ago, when, of course, Bolton were, were our, our, our visitors on the very first game, and they brought a lot of fans with them. So I thought, actually, four and a half thousand was, was really impressive. The other really impressive thing was that, actually, where the club was saying, come early... Clearly, lots of people did, because I probably got there at about quarter past one and had trouble parking. Didn't end up parking on Hillbottom Road, but ended up parking in one of the little uh, industrial units um, just off uh, Hillbottom Road. And I can't remember the last time that actually I haven't really been able to park down Hillbottom Road at that time. Uh, definitely, it was it was buzzing beforehand in the Chairboys Village and in the Caledonian Suite. You know, it really did feel uh, like... <sighs> slightly like the American experience of tailgating, I suppose, which I think is probably what the Kuhigs are almost looking to introduce, this idea of, well, yeah, you go to the sporting event, you get there early, you, you watch whatever game is, is, you know, is actually going on, and obviously there were a couple of things going on um, with regards to cricket and football um, on, on Saturday, um, and then also, you, you know, you hang about afterwards and you, you have a beer before you go home, which, again, I think a lot of people seem to do. And then, as you touched on, you travelled to Exeter. I did indeed, yes. So so went down to Exeter on Tuesday. Um, 
the game wasn't wasn't particularly fascinating. Um, definitely notable for the amount of injuries that Wickham had. Um, Paul Jason McCarthy limping off after coming on after only a few minutes. That was a bit of a blow. Uh, Joe Jacobson also going off as well uh, after a, a phenomenal tackle. And I, I'm not quite sure whether it was the tackle that actually got injured in, but he did really throw himself into it. And it was one of those where you half thought, is the referee going to give a free kick? And he didn't, which, you know, credits to him. Um, obviously, we, we've already discussed slightly in drive time Matt Bloomfield, poor Matt Bloomfield, getting going off with concussion. Um, and it's the first time I believe that we've had a concussion substitute in Wickham because we did actually make four substitutions. And I was slightly sitting there scratching my head thinking, well, hang on. I, I thought this season we were only allowed three. But of course, you are now allowed a concussion sub. So Matt Bloomfield was our concussion sub. Um, but he got injured rather needlessly in that the referee blew for a free kick that really he could have let the advantage go. And, and Matt Bloomfield got injured from that. So that, that was slightly uh, frustrating. But anyway, it was one of those games neither side really looked like they were ever going to score. Wasn't particularly a surprise that it went to penalties. Uh, quite like the fact in that sort of game now that actually you don't have extra time because had we been subjected to another half an hour, you know, I, I think people would have thought, oh, rather than, oh, great. Um, but the penalty shootout was brilliant. We're definitely worth travelling all the way to Devon for. Uh, and, uh, you know... Particularly for Mr. David Stockdale. I mean, take a bouncer. Absolutely wonderful. Um, three you know, saves. Three saves. And he scored the most fantastic penalty. And really, it, it was how penalties should be taken. None of this tentative, oh, let's do little sort of like, you know, almost like ballet steps up to the ball and then try and hit it. No, David Stockdale takes big strides and then whacks the ball um, and, you know, and makes absolutely no mistake whatsoever. He could definitely teach the, the England players a thing or two about taking a penalty. We'll hear from him in a few moments' time. And Andre. Burley as well, who was, a, who was a bit of a man of the match also. He was very good as well. Yeah, very impressed with, with Andre. But uh, manager Gareth uh, Ainsworth spoke to uh, Matt for the club's website after the game. Brunel nil draw, there's plenty of talking points tonight. What, what's your overriding emotion after the injuries, but ultimately the successful uh, progress to the next round? Yeah, worry overrides um, elation at the moment. Uh, my squad, um, thin squad as it is, uh, we've got to make sure we're all, we're all fit because um, a fit Wickham Wanderer squad of this calibre can, can do things. Um, one or two injuries weakens us majorly, so it's up to me now to make sure that a everyone recovers well and we get these injuries sorted and, and get some time limits on these, and uh, b maybe go into transfer market and see what we need to do to strengthen the squad or, or not strengthen it, just to almost you know patch up the, the holes that are in this because uh, it's been a real tough night, real tough night on injuries, and, and I didn't need that, I didn't need that at all. Been a long journey, we prepared the right way, you know, um, in a hotel last night, so everything was good. Um, rested five of the starting 11 I think um, and, and the intention was Jordan Abita a half and Jesse McCarthy a half and, and really trying to just juggle things because the league's the league's our bread and butter the league is where we want to be that we know we can achieve in the league the cup are we going to win this who knows but um, we seem to be quite um, <laughs> I don't know um, the, the League Cup is always a tough one isn't it it's that, it's that Tuesday night after the season starts and it's a, it's a long trip down to Exeter and, and a real blood guts and thunder because they want to beat a, a, a higher league opposition and, but onto the game I'm elated we had 10 men for 30 minutes in the second half we had 9 men for 5 minutes um, you know, I don't know how we've got through that. And some of the tackles, Andre Burley's debut, Ollie Pendlebury's second game, so the Kaikai's debut, you know, Sam Volks is on 
Burnley second game I, I mean Nick Freeman's playing centre back at the end there it's it's just frightening what these boys will do for each other you know not for me for each other and and, and they can achieve believe me just got to keep them fit keep them healthy um, and a fantastic way to win it in front of the fans um, after one Exeter player had prematurely told our fans to be quiet I uh, I was proud to see us take the pressure Stockholm to take his penalty save his penalty uh, score his penalty save their penalty um, and and you know turn the, the penalty tie shoots out right on its head it was, it was a great way to win but um, concern about the uh, the players now and we'll have to recover quickly for Cheltenham on Saturday yeah I think you know I think Sam Vokes in the last minute was in his own box throwing himself at a tackle a result tonight meant something didn't it and I know some people might turn their nose up at the competition but winning breeds winning a great result on Saturday you want momentum to carry on into the season and, and maybe that's come at a cost but you have got the result you wanted in the end it's another clean sheet um, David Stockdale seriously has been phenomenal since he's come into the team he really has and he leads those boys he's he's, uh, he's not named as a general but he's uh, he's right in there and he's uh He's a fantastic character to have in your dressing room, you know. Um, been through some tough times as well when he, you know, he didn't play and was at Birmingham and um, had to wait his turn. Helped get us promoted without a shadow of doubt. Was men cheerleaded to get to the championship, then waited his turn. And since he's come in the side, I think he's just been fantastic. And uh, the night belongs to him. It was a fantastic penalty, wasn't it? You know, on the top corner, uh, and then a great save, um, but crucial save at the end. Double save. He didn't know the second one was offside. But some of the tackles and, and like you say, bodies on the line. Some Folks, you know, when you commit to Wickham Wanderers, you commit, and he's committed. And I, I love having him in the team. I thought he, when he came on, he changed the game a little bit for us. Um, some of the boys are on their feet, you know, like Anis and, and Alex Samuel. You know, some of the meters will be massive. But um, really proud that we're through to the next round. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all those. 200 maybe who turned up for Wickham Wanderers tonight it was just brilliant the noise levels I was so proud and pleased when Jack Grimmer won the toss to get the penalties at this end because they deserve to see that and uh, they've come all this way uh, they're going to be home probably a little bit before us um, but they'll be sleeping sound tonight and we're in the next round and leave it to me I'll pick these bodies up and we'll have a competitive team out Saturday no problem you don't do social media um, but our notifications have been full all week of speculation and rumour of potential incomings what can you tell us about how close you might be to, to strengthen the squad even further? Yeah, well, even somebody who doesn't do social media, and I know full well that everyone's been talking about um, a couple of players. Um, yep, uh, we have irons in the fire. You know, you, everyone knows I'm very quiet about who I like to bring in and, and who I like to uh, who I like to chase. Um, difficult with agents and, and, and things that go on, you know, behind the scenes. But um, to be at Wickham Wanderers, you've got to be a special kind of character, um, and we'll only go after the special characters and get those ones in that that, that will you know be here like sandbox like you commit like that I mean we're, we're gonna we're gonna do some business I'm sure before the end of the window but Give us a, a little bit of patience as well. Don't don't be too uh, too hasty in getting these on. Some of our best deals have been at the end of the window. Um, speak to Rob regularly in, in New Orleans and, uh, and Andrew Howard and Pete Coeg and Missy, and they're all fully behind what we want to do. And um, we'll get the right ones in. I think the right ones is so important and uh, it takes a little bit of time sometimes to get those in. But um, yeah, we're doing it the right way. Really proud of the boys tonight, and uh, thanks to everyone who came to support us. It was a, it was a great night. 
Really uh, interesting irons in the fire teasers for possible reinforcements. I was surprised that Matt spoke to him uh, by the the roadworks that were on the M5 <laughs> on the way home rather than at the ground afterwards. <laughs> it definitely didn't sound like lawnmowers to me. No, very different. Uh, also, as we mentioned a short time ago, uh, Andre Burley who had a good game, and obviously the the hero of the night, David Stockdale, also speaking to Matt. Andre, game number one, Stocko, game number 500 and something. Uh, you look like you both really enjoyed that one. Stocko, I have to st- start with you. Um, how confident were you going into those penalties, um, coming off with three saves in the end, and, and what penalty scored for yourself? Yeah, the confidence boost was the gaffer give, giving me in the first five. Um, so I knew, look, it was with them. I said to Andre, I said, I can't let you leave with a loss on your first day. So, um, no, like I said, I, I think we should put it back on the lads who, who put a shift in. Andre, like, he was just incredible, you know, to come through that. We, I think Andre played at three different positions at one point. Um, and it's coming in on your first game, it, it's not easy. So to be able to be shifted about and adapt and think it's, it's all credit to Andre and what he's been doing behind the scenes. Andre, I asked you just a minute ago if you were going to take a penalty. You said, yeah, 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 I'm confident. I'll down for number 10 uh, out of 10. Uh, but you'd already done your work for the night. A, a phenomenal first performance for you, a clean sheet. You must be so proud looking back on tonight's, uh, tonight's work. Yeah, I'm so happy with the team's performance today. Uh, we, had a back, uh, we had our backs against the wall, had 10 men for quite a lot of the game, but we dug deep. This team's a great community and a unit. We stuck as a unit, and I'm so pleased with the lads on my debut got three points and it wasn't routine was it you had so many centre-back partnerships you end up with Nick Freeman to your left I think you've got Sully Kai Kai running up and down the right hand channel at right wing back yeah. but the boys dug in Sam Vokes body on the line at the end there yeah. uh, embodies the spirit of the club doesn't it yeah the lads just like I said put a shift in Nick playing centre half Sully playing centre half everyone just worked as hard as they could and we got the results from it scoring a penalty what a penalty it was <laughs> does, he score, the, does he score them in training I think the uh, moment was when I flew past him after a touch and ended up playing a pass from the yeah. halfway line I've got to run back <laughs> he was blowing off yeah I was <laughs> obviously the season started so well on Saturday some people might look at the cup and think it's a distraction but I guess winning breeds winning doesn't it and you want to get into that routine and now take that into Cheltenham whoever's fit to play um, we'll be confident we can go and get a result uh, we have to pick ourselves up first dust ourselves down there's a few lads uh, hopefully Bloom's fingers crossed he's okay took a blow to the head like I don't know what happened like I think JJ shanked it so um, but yeah it's something that we have to look at there's other players that just weren't feeling sometimes you have to take it and the fact that we could come back from a negative and you know the gaffer's negative to positive transitions um, so it's nice to be able to put that into practice and like you say like Andre should be proud of himself not an easy game to come into and uh, look the manager said we it's, it's about momentum on whether it's a cup game uh, Johnson's pain whatever it is we have to go out with the mentality to win and really do something this year at this football club and, and when you've got players like Andre coming through and some other lads coming through and he came through last year it just bodes so well for what this football club's going to do Papa John's aren't going to be happy with you calling them the wrong sponsor. Uh, Andre, um, you're one of these rare players that has more international caps than first-team appearances in club football. Talk us through your pride this summer representing St Kitts and Nevis and, and getting that experience must be incredible for you and for your family. Yeah, it was amazing. I was away St Kitts. Um, we went to a number of countries for a month. Didn't get through to the next round, but I'm proud of our country. Um, got a really good squad and I just love playing for them. Yeah, I love playing for them. Stocker, I'll give you the last word again. Those penalties, instinct, research, homework, what was it? All sorts. 
can't tell you though because I've been giving away secrets and there's plenty more matches to play. <laughs> tell me, as a keeper, when it's when it's 90 minutes out, it's four minutes on the board. You're, you want nil nil, don't you? You want you want to go to penalties. Score that one when he went through near the end. I think please score. And then when you when you save one and it got rolls to him, I was thinking, oh my god. Uh, but Andre made a great block and. Can't wait for Andre to invite me out there for a bit of sun. I'll watch him play. Next time. Get next a few time. tickets, you know. <laughs> but you see. And I guess winning in front of the fans as well. We were, the penalties were taken at that end, which yeah. was obviously great. I think one of the extra players was shushing them at one point when they were ahead in the shootout. A little bit premature. In the end, it's our, our players that are able to celebrate. And for all the wins that we did have last season in empty stadiums, it was just lacking those celebrations, wasn't it? Special times tonight. At the end, no. This is a good thing, like Andre's coming his first game and he's got fans. It, it, it's just a, an awesome thing and things that you don't forget. And I just might mention that my last time I played here, I saved the pen. Yeah. Just trying to let you know. Right. I can research that. <laughs> 2008 <laughs> Rotherham Exeter. <laughs> I told my wife that it was only an hour out of London, so could she pick me up? <laughs> I wonder how long it took <laughs> to get, to get, him, get him back. I love Stockdale. He's brilliant. He's to say he's a character, he, he comes across as the sort of person who might win Britain's Got Talent or something <laughs> like that. He's, he's just fantastic, and such a great outcome as well. It's such a lift, obviously, as you say, after losing so many players and after yeah. a nil-nil draw. Yeah, as well. I mean, oh, it would have been so so depressing to come away from that having lost on penalties with with so many players injured as well. Really interesting that Gareth actually said. That you know the league cup games are almost a, a bit of a pain at this time of the season. Obviously, you, you've just had the first league game, and then you've got to play a league cup game. It's completely to Gareth's credit, actually, we played a, a decent side. We didn't play, you know, a completely changed eleven. Yes, there were some players who came in. Alex Samuel obviously was was given an opportunity, as was Andre, uh, and you know, re- really took that opportunity. But I thought the fact that actually Gareth's you know, did choose some of the the, the regular um, starters, and also obviously Sam Vokes then came on as well. Uh, you know, he was. Uh, taking it seriously and it seemed particularly cruel that yes that you know that we did come away with a, a dressing room looking like platoon as he put it yeah i know that that was the first thing that sort of struck me about the team sheet as well obviously a much changed side yeah yeah, yeah much changed but even so still you know it, it wasn't the the so-called b team that we hear so much about that never really seems to materialize and uh, you mentioned alex samuel and david stockdale there uh, one of their former teams next in in round two indeed so we are away to stevenage uh, in uh, the second round which will give us uh, hopefully a, a decent chance of making the last 32 which will be the first time since 2018 that we've done that wow so that's that's not bad is it not bad at all no but obviously we've got to get, got to get past stevenage first i was going to say i think early in the season you always want a bit of a decent cup run yes yeah you do definitely but not too many games obviously uh, still to come on the wicked wanderer show we'll hear in a few moments time uh, from uh, another of our ex-players as we continue season two uh, plus we'll be uh, reviewing bob's purchases from the club shop and uh, getting luke cashman's thoughts on his first visit to adams park as well uh, here at wickham sound online on radio player and on 106.6 fm this is Wickham Sound. It's the second half of the Wickham Wanderer show, uh, still to come, the third half, uh, where we'll... we'll Extra re- time! We'll review Bob's purchases the from the club shop. Uh, we'll oh, yes. We've got someone to say a big hello to as well, haven't we? Hello! <laughs> Need to rehearse that better. And we'll catch up with uh, Luke uh, Hashman, uh, not producer Luke, who's been to Adams Park for the first time. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on his, his uh, first experience at the game. Uh, always interesting to hear people's first thoughts. No, uh, definitely. Of, of, of going to football. Because you take it for granted, don't you? The smells, the, the feeling of, of walking up to the ground and the, the burgers and the anticipation of hopefully coming away with a win and things like that. Don't mention the burgers. No, <laughs> actually, I think that the burgers have, have been quite good. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good, good burger know. news. And, and as I said last week, and I'd, I've seen a few more people moan about the burgers, and in fact, the burgers now seems to be the, the sort of like the running joke and probably will be the running joke through the whole season. But if all we've got to be worried about is the price of burgers, then we're definitely doing something right. Absolutely. Great burger update. We should have featured that each week as well. <laughs> yeah, yes. Burger okay. News. Burger news and, and dog lead news will, will be definitely in the show. Perhaps uh, we could get to chat to Patrick Burger. Not that he played for him, but. That, that, yeah, that would be very good as well. Um, and uh, Jack Whitehall's mum as well. <laughs> That's an in-joke from last week. Yes, if you missed sorry. last week, there'll, there'll mean nothing to you. But, yeah, vegetables were mentioned. That could be a new feature as well. Talking of ex-players, though, been fortunate to uh, catch up, thanks to uh, JDT and Alan Hutchison of the Ex-Players Association, who had their golf day uh, recently as well. Uh, someone who played at that was uh, Mike Brown, who uh, appeared for the club shortly after the uh, 1957 Amateur Cup final team who played Bishop Auckland. Uh, Mike uh, was a defender, and uh, I started by chatting to him a bit about his return to Adams Park because uh, he was in the Ex-Players Association box on Saturday for the game against Accrington. After last season, the one season when they were in the second flight and uh, we couldn't go, um, it, it was sad that they only uh, got relegated by one point. I mean, the, the start of the season when they went for so many games without winning uh, must have been very disheartening for the lads. And then to get relegated by one point at the end. But on Saturday, I thought... Um, yeah, they, they, they were good good for the for the win. Um, Accrington Stanley, they came out and came at us, which worried me a bit because I thought if they go goal down now, but then the breakaway scored, and um, I think from then on Wickham were, were good for their win. As a supporter, did it feel like a real kind of return to normality? If you like, yes, good, very good. It's good fun going over to the box, you know, the old ex players association where you meet old friends, talk of old times, you know. Many times, of course, you go over the same thing again and again, but uh, but it's good to meet old friends. Yeah, um, sadly, uh, friends from my era aren't too many anymore. No, but it must be so good to be able to sort of share your experiences and, and, and things that you've had in common with other players from sort of different generations, if you like. Yeah, of course, the game was so different when I played. Um, you know, it's much faster now. Uh, they they play 100 miles an hour compared with what we played. But we had a lot of skillful players. Um, at the time that I played, I think Wickham were probably... They, they just uh, played at Wembley in the cup final against Bishop Auckland, lost. Um, Frank Wesley retired after that game. I got into the side at left back and... Um, yeah, we were one of the better sides in 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 the south, I think, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I've been playing for Slough Town, and um, the difference was incredible. I'm playing under Sid Can as well, who's obviously one of one of Wickham's legendary managers. Indeed, I mean, it was Sid who got me. I mean, I was playing on the wing for Slough, in and out of the side, and we played Wickham in end of season um, invitation cup kind of thing, and. Uh, in the, it was an evening game, and uh, players' availability was a bit tight, work and so on. And I played at left back, and um, being a winger, I had a bit of pace. I knew how to tackle, and um, uh, Sid uh, was told that I was leaving Slough, so he came after me, and um, that's why I came to be at Wickham. And there must have been such a great sort of team camaraderie when you arrived as well, but something that was quite easy for you to fit into. Oh, it was it was it was a different world. Um, I can remember the first night training there, it was so different to Wickham. I mean, it was like going to the first division from the third division. And 
then, you know, uh, one, one evening I played a couple of game reserves and um, got over there training and Sid said to me, you know, you're in the first team tomorrow, Mike. And he, I said, no. He said, yep, yeah, we're at Oxford City, you're in the first team tomorrow night. And um, there I was next night over at Oxford um, in a side that uh, had only recently just played at uh, Wembley. And I thought, whoops, you know, um, is this where I get found out or what? <laughs> But uh, I stayed inside and um, it learned a lot from Sid and the boys around me. But they, they were a tremendous lot, you know. People like Freddie Lawson, Mike Wicks, uh, Jim Jim Mooring, Jimmy Truitt. Uh, it was great playing with them all. I was going to say, it must have been fantastic to come in to, to play with some of those players who played at Wembley. That's right. It was, it, the thing that struck me was it was so easy. Um, they were good players. They took up good positions. Every time you, you, you thought you were under pressure, you got the ball, there was a voice, Mickey, this way or that way, got you, man on Mickey, you know, that sort of thing. It was so different and it was, it was tremendous. And are there particular games that stand out around that time? Uh, well, there's one in particular. Um, it was an FA Cup, uh, Cup tie away at Ilford. And, uh, it was the Saturday after the Manchester United Munich air disaster. Um, and uh, we were playing at Ilford. Ilford played in blue, so we played in Manchester United strip. And at halftime, we were one up penalty from Paul. And the referee didn't want to give the penalty. It was given by the linesman. And he really didn't want to give it. But it was a penalty, and we... we uh, Went in one up, and we came out second half. And um, we were about 15 minutes into the half when they punted a long ball into our penalty area, and Ken Crook, our centre-half, went up for the ball, and Ilford player jumped into him. The whistle went, and we thought, great, we got a free kick, you know. And he pointed to the penalty spot. And uh, they scored. And then about 15 minutes before the end, um, Freddie... Freddie Lawson, bless him, pulled a guy down in the area and they scored the second penalty and we went out the cup. And that, that sticks in my mind uh, still to this day because we had a couple of great chances to equalise and take them back to Lokes Park, but uh, we missed them. And, but that's football, as they say. And that, that sticks in my mind, certainly. It's so fascinating around that time, isn't it, how, how different, obviously, obviously the game is, but also, you know, obviously the players, many of them lived locally as well, which you don't get so much now. Oh, that's very true. Um, I lived in Slough, of course. Um, I was very young. Um, I was 21, something like that. And I was working in London, so I didn't have a car. So I had to leave the office in London, go to Marlborough, get the train out to Wickham, walk up to the stadium... And after training, go down and get the bus back to Slough. And uh, used to get home, I'd know, about 10 o'clock some of those nights. It's fantastic, isn't it, for fans? Because obviously fans wouldn't, wouldn't know that. They just turn up on a, on a Saturday or a Tuesday evening and watch the games and, and not, not know sort of what, what's, what's gone into putting that on. That's right, yeah. That, that's right. But as you say, a lot of them, people did live locally. Um, you know, and the thing I found about Wickham was that... Um, you not only joined the football club, you made some good friends. Um, I've got friends that last to this day. Um, a particular friend of mine was Dennis Syrett, um and Jimmy Truitt. Um, and after the game, we used to go, we used to have a meal, and uh, then perhaps spend the evening together having a drink uh, in the pub before we go home, something like that, you know. I don't know whether that happens today, probably not. 
I was going to say, that's so special, isn't it? All those years ago, uh, people that you, you met and played with and formed those bonds with, and you still, you're still in touch with now. Very, very much so. I mean, Derek Draffen, bless him, who died earlier this year, um, well, the end of last year, uh, he kept tabs with all the boys of around that era. And for a long time, we had the Derek Draffen Golf Day at his golf club, which is, um, I forget now, but it's out um, uh, we used to go there. We used to, when it started, we played nine in the morning, had some sandwiches, and eighteen in the afternoon, had dinner, and came home. That gradually got down to just eighteen in the afternoon, and then that got thinner and thinner and thinner. And in the end, they decide, uh, he decided to call it quits and just have a lunch, which we did for about three years before before Derek died. Um, but it was all players of that era, and it was really tremendous to see them. You know, talk of old times, you know. You mentioned the golf. I understand you won a prize for the nearest pin at the recent golf day. Ah, uh, yes. Um, you know, I'm not a natural golfer, Colin. Um, I have to work very hard to be an ordinary golfer. But um, I knew there was not a lot of chance of me winning the main prize or the longest drive, but I thought that near the hole on the with the second shot on, on the 18th. I could be in with a chance of that. And I got a good drive away, and I looked and, um, well, hello, you never know. Let's see what we can do. So uh, lined up, took the shot, and it went pretty straight. And I thought, hmm, hello. And uh, Keith Samuels was over to my left, and he said, hey, Mike, he said, that, that's, that's going up there, you know. So I, I jumped in the buggy, you know, broke all speed records up to the green, and, and there she was, pin high, uh, two feet to the left of the hole. Amazing. JDT describes you as a bandit golfer, which I think is pretty, pretty much sums up what you've just described. <laughs> I have good days and bad days, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, some days uh, things go well, but as you know, the thing with golf is consistency, and... Um, it, it never ceases to amaze me when I watch the pros and they, they just consistently hit shot after shot, you know. We try, um, but uh, but I enjoy the game and I enjoy the, the, the people I play with as well. And uh, we had a great fall that day. That day, it was a smashing day. Again, that must have been great to be back um, after the, uh, the pandemic really restricted the uh, Ex-Players Association's social activities. Oh, very much so. Very much. But there weren't so many there um, for, for the varying reasons and so on. But um, yeah, oh, it was it was so good. It was a wonderful day. And as a founding member of the Expos Association, I mean, you must be really proud of uh, you know the, the size of the group and, and people coming together. As I say, really sharing memories. Yes, yes, yeah. Of course, we we sit and talk, and um, and the old stories come out. They get repeated, you know. Like, um, there's a lovely one I can uh, I can remember. I was just got into the Wickham side and uh, we were playing away at Bromley, and uh, Frank Wesley came into the dressing room and he said, "Mickey, Mickey, cause I was known as Mickey then." And he said, uh, "Mickey," he said, "they've got a winger." He said, "His name's Hill." He said, "He's a right flyer, but he's got nothing here." You know, he said, first chance you get, walk all over him." So, uh, oh, yeah, that's not the way I play. You know, I was a, I was a footballer and. Um, converted winger yeah I, I could mix it if i had to but uh, but that wasn't my game but we kicked off and um the ball f 
was sent out to this guy, a high ball in the air, and he came running in, and I'm watching it, and I knew I could get it, and I just leapt up, and he clattered into me, and uh, we both went down, and he was just stretched out, and he got up, and he went the other side of the pitch, and the winger came over there. I never saw him again. And uh, at halftime, Frank Wesley came in the dressing room. I did go, hey, Mickey, he said, that was bloody great. He said, I couldn't have done it better myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, little memories like that, you know, they get told over and over and over again, you know. But it's great to have those, isn't it, for you to kind of reflect on as well? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, when, when you sit there and you... <clears throat> in the players' box there and you sit outside. It's a tremendous facility that the club give us. And you look down on the pitch and you think, ah, you, know, you want it here? Want it, where, where's it going? It's not running there. It should be coming here. Ball should be coming this way. And you, you, you're playing every pass, you know. It's, um, but uh, like I said earlier, it's a different game. They played a lot quicker. We, uh, the, the boys of our day would still have been good. I mean, because... Because the game's different now, if the players then were now, they'd have still have been good, still have been great, because that's what they'd have grown up with. If you've got the football skill, you can play at any time, I'm certain of that. I must be a very proud moment as well with a family connection with your son playing for the club as well. Yes, yes, that was terrific, that was. <clears throat> son Jeremy played a couple of games under Martin O'Neill. He played with Wheelstone, played with Aldershot. Um... But I think he's a bit like his dad. He was a footballing fullback, and I think they needed um, a little bit of the um, physical arrogance. Uh, my son Jeremy didn't didn't have that, you know. Um, he was he was a footballer, and uh, I think they they wanted a bit more of the um, the rugged type. I think. But it's great to have. He's a member of the ex-players, and he comes to the box, brings my grandson. And just finally, how would you sum up what's so special about the club, and it keeps so many people coming back? Gosh, that's difficult to put into words, Colin. I mean, the very fact that so many of us who played at that time still meet together, are still in touch, are still good friends. It was something special. I mean, when I, when I left the club, I, I went to Oxford City because I could no longer get in the side. It, uh, it's a heartbreaking moment, you know, and... Um, I joined a couple of others, Dennis Sire, Ray Housen, who had already gone to Oxford. And a bittersweet moment, actually, because that was the beginning of the season. And by the time we got to the end of the year, I was in the first team at Oxford. And we played Wickham on Boxing Day. And um, we won 5 0, um, which was very uh, bittersweet for, for us who, uh, who were really Wickham players at heart. No, it's, it's fantastic and really brilliant to hear, hear and share your stories. Thank you so much indeed for your time. It's a pleasure, Colin. Thank you very much for calling me. It's, uh, I'm very honoured. Really nice to catch up with oh. uh, Mike and hear his stories. A golf bandit, JDT informs me. Thank you very much as well to the Expos Association. Uh, great interview. Well done, Colin. Enjoyed Thank you very, very much. much. It's a really nice chat to him. Um, he's he's uh, currently living in Woodley. I say currently, so he's about to move. Um, he now lives in Woodley, I, I, should, I meant. <laughs>
Did he uh, have dealings with the uh, estate agent who we spoke to? Was it was it in season one? That's right. Yeah, yes. it's good memory. Yeah. I don't know. Possibly. Well, I think you just called him an estate agent, and he he corrected you and said no, he definitely wasn't that. No, it was more of a surveyor or conveyor or something. Now. Yeah. Won't make that mistake again. Uh, do listen out for uh, more of <laughs> feature next players and me getting their occupation wrong. Uh, here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on the final part of the Wickham Wanderer show, we'll uh, chat to uh, our very own, people say that on the radio, don't they? Our very own Luke Hashman, who's had his first, well, turns out not to be his first, uh, Adam Spark experience, and Bob's brought in some... Some uh, you called it produce earlier, didn't you? From the, I have from the club shop. Um, uh, I, I went along to the club shop this afternoon, uh, and a uh, big hello to Neil Peters, um, who, who I saw. Uh, we had a chat to, and he is going to be on the program next week. Um, he, he's just changing jobs. He was head of commercial operations, and he's going to become head of stadium management or something like that. I've, oh, possibly, got, I've possibly got those titles slightly wrong. Uh, but anyway, yes, he is coming on the programme next week. Perhaps um, he could bring us some merchandise as well. That that would be good, yes. Or maybe some burgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very nice. Um, uh, but we must say a big hello uh, to Michael uh, from Denver, who sent us uh, an email. It's lovely to know that actually we are now becoming part of the Wickham Wanderers Worldwide Phenomenon. So I always found that quite hard to say. It's good. Um, uh, he said that he was able to catch a couple of episodes last season, uh, but it's going to strive to be along for the whole ro- roller coaster this season. Uh, and said thank you for uh, contributing wonderful content for us fans. It's really nice to hear from him, and glad that he's enjoying it. He was telling us that um, he, he wrote an anthem. Indeed, yes. Um, uh, because we then replied saying, you know, we were, we were very excited to, to have a, a fan in Denver, um, and that we were impressed he wasn't supporting the Colorado Avalanche or the Denver Nuggets. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's, I think I've mentioned now all of the teams in, in Colorado. Um, and he said uh, he appreciates the offer. Uh, he's not actually been a fan that, that long. Although then he goes on to say that he's been a fan for five years. And I think, well, yeah, actually, you know. Pretty established, isn't it, it? Indeed, yeah. You know, it wasn't as if you just jumped on the championship bandwagon. No. But definitely don't put yourself down. Um, but yes, he says it's a bit of an unusual story. He wrote an anthem for the club, which was played at Adams Park several times. The initial writing of the song was in February 2017. It turned into being a gateway to supporting the club. Um, he's an I follow fanatic, he described himself but he has been able to get over to a couple of live games as well um but yes it would be fantastic to speak to michael we we must arrange we could even that. have the anthem on as well perhaps um and, and when we're allowed uh, travel between uh, the us <laughs> and the uk uh, it would be great michael for the, you know for, for you to come over and, and and see a game and then then come on and chat to us about it no definitely uh, talking of seeing a game i'm very pleased to uh, welcome to the wicked wanderer show uh, luke hashman hello sir hello very good link there Say that again, nobody heard you. <laughs> well, I was just, how ironic, I was just about to compliment you on the seamless link. <laughs> irony on the show. Last week, vegetable growing. This week, um, irony from silence. Uh, but you went to your first game at Adams Park, although, as it turns out, not your first visit to Adams Park. No, not my first visit to Adams Park, because I went to the... Um, as, a, as a child, I was uh, obviously quite keen in school, and I signed up to be a junior road safety officer when I was in year five, and we went <laughs> to um, a thing that they did for all of us across the county at Adams Park. So I did actually go 16 years ago, but I, we didn't, I don't think we actually saw the pitch. Um, and if we did, I was so uninterested at the time <laughs> that it completely passed me by. So um, it was the first time I've actually been seen football at Adams Park. Brilliant insight. Yeah, so tell us about your, your kind of thoughts, your kind of experience. Cause I know you, you took the park and ride, which, which will be pleasing for, I, for those I, I also, I, I must say, I'm very impressed because actually I've spoken to you a lot about football during the championship season. And you came across as being very, very knowledgeable. So I wouldn't have guessed that actually yeah. that you hadn't been to a game before. Well, that's encouraging, I suppose. I, I feel like most of my 
uh, if I can call it knowledge, has come from the last sort of year or so when we've been talking on a Saturday afternoon. Um, because I never really was that into sport at all. Um, but then, as I've been involved on a Saturday afternoon in one form or another here for a couple of years, I just kind of have got it's it's got me on the bandwagon, and I was interested. And I thought, you know, what, actually, I've never been to a match, so I should go. Um, and I thought I, I know it will surprise people if I do actually go. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect, but I really enjoyed it, and I can I kind of I came out of that match feeling like I can see what all the fuss is about um, and uh, I think maybe partly because it was the Leicester game so I went in and even with my limited knowledge I kind of thought well this isn't going to be an easy game um, but then to see them win was it was really exciting and yeah and you mentioned the park and ride so I got that because uh, I was you can tell it was my first time because I was naive enough to think <laughs> I was just going to turn up and park um, <laughs> Um, but um, no, it was very very smooth, um, and uh, it, it was it was quite nice actually at the end as well because you could see all the people who were caught in the traffic um, <laughs> <laughs> leaving, and we were just on the bus um, waving kind of, at them, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. waving at them, and then obviously there's no one on the random field um, that it is near West Wickham, so then it was just a sort of easy drive home listening to Wickham Sound, obviously. And did you get that real buzz as you were approaching the ground? You can feel the sense of anticipation, the fans, the smell of the burgers. Sorry, mention the burgers again. Uh, the <laughs> As I was actually approaching the ground, I think if the only thing if I was going to smell anything was probably like my own sweat of walking up the hill because obviously it was the, the there was all that traffic, um, so the the bus had dropped us off um, so that we could walk the rest of the way because it would have been quicker. Um, so I was kind of getting a bit out of breath because I'm not hugely fit. Um, and then I got there and I was like, okay, but what happens now? I didn't really know that there was so much that went on before the match, but then. Um, yeah, I went along. I was completely um, thrown by you uh, because <laughs> I didn't realise that you were, you were inside the stadium and then there was the Wickham Sound gazebo and I was wearing my Wickham Wanderers shirt and as I walked up to the gazebo, all I could hear from the speaker was you saying, oh, and he's got a Wickham Wanderers shirt and I was looking around, well, where are you? How can you see what I'm wearing? Is there a hidden camera somewhere? Um, but no, I, it was just, I think also, it was one of the first times I've seen that many people since everything's been kind mm. of opened up again. And everyone was clearly so pleased to be there. It was just a really nice atmosphere. Um, and that was what was really good. And, um, yeah, then watched the game. You were in the Frank Adams stand, is that correct? I was, yes, in the Frank Adams stand, um, which is a great view for the fireworks at the end as well. Yeah, you supplied um, the footage, didn't you, for our promo? I did, yes. That's my claim to fame now. Um, but uh, I think just as someone who'd never been before, didn't really know what to expect, just kind of when you watch uh, footage on TV or on online and you see all kind of like the cheers when, like, when, the, um, when we had the goal um, it was nice to be in the middle of that atmosphere and just get the feel of it and I thought actually now I can I always just thought oh, I was just a few people kicking a ball around um, <laughs> but I could really get Welcome one. to Luke Explains Football <laughs> <laughs> but I just kind of I got that sort of magic of football um, for probably the first time so uh, no I re- it was a really good experience I was going to say it's the, it's the whole kind of experience isn't it and, and obviously we've been to a few a few games in our time uh, but it's, it, it's it, your first one is, is something that you'll kind of keep as a as, a, as, as, as I say the sort of sights and sounds and feels that you kind of have completely and, and I don't think you ever forget it uh, I, I certainly haven't forgotten my first one uh, even though it was now how many years ago 39 years ago 
thousand games and something later um, but yeah you, you do remember that first game and that, like Colin says I think it is the whole experience as well it's, it's you know it is the, the anticipation it's the excitement it's the, the, the build up and what's fantastic is that actually at Wickham Wanderers the build up is becoming actually one of the mm. important things as well and the fact that they've now got the Chairboys Village so that you can you know go along early and know that actually yeah you are going to be able to, to watch the on the screen some of the games that are going on at the time and you know and see your friends and, and have a beer or whatever it's just brilliant you know, just really, getting really a program idea. even I quite like the smell of a program but also you, you know you read the, the manager's comments or, you, or you're, you're checking off the team sheet as to who's playing or. I, I had a little insight into the programmes as well because on Saturday the programmes were only available from the um, same kiosk oh, yes. where you get the food um, and you could even order the programme on the is it called Fetch I can't remember yeah, what I think it, that's it, it yes. yeah, on the Fetch thing and I think a few people said that you know could, could they not just buy a programme normally I think that's coming back for the Lincoln game, ah. from what I understand. So how would you describe the, the overall experience? Because I think a few things have changed. So obviously it's cashless now, which is quite different. Sometimes, previously, you could just even buy your ticket on the day and turn up and just get your ticket from the ticket offices, but you can't do that now. Um, and obviously, did you did you use the fetch system? Um, I didn't. know. it all sounds like a, like, like a dog kind of thing, doesn't it? <laughs> Someone um, throws uh, it and you go and go. No, I was, I was too last minute for that. I was just standing in the queue and there was a thing about the app and I thought, oh, and if I'd been organised, I could have seen this. Um, but, uh, I mean, cashless, for, for me, is... I, I live pretty much cashlessly anyway and the irony um, was that that was the one time that the park and ride wasn't cashless <laughs> and it was cash only and I didn't have any cash so I had to go to a cash point to, to do that but um, uh, no I think I just came out of it feeling like you hear people talk about the family atmosphere at Wickham and um, I really got that and you know a couple of years ago if you said to me oh are you going to go to a you know people would we were joking around here in the on a Saturday afternoon about how I should get to a football match and I'm glad that I did because I almost did it as a uh, not as a joke but I mean, yeah yeah just to think well I, I might as well um, but no I've really enjoyed it and um, I think it will not be my certainly won't be my last visit to fantastic Park. and there's something nice about going to a pre-season friendly isn't there on a summer's evening you might be a bit confused by the dry list and the amount of substitutes but, but <laughs> well, I don't know half the players from, from that distance anyway so <laughs> but no it's really brilliant that you had such a great experience and thank you so much for, for popping in and sharing that with us and we look forward to hearing about your, your next Adams Park trip as well thank you very much uh, Luke Hashman there everyone big uh, round of applause Yay! You're, you're so right as well about the summer football. No, definitely. I, I do always think that. It, you know, it, it is nice. I was thinking it on Tuesday night, uh, sitting there, you know, in a t-shirt, um, uh, and just thinking, oh, this is this is really great. And I, there, there's a, a good argument for summer football, I think. Uh, Tother Luke and I were were, were, were in, in in unsuitably dressed for the for the summer. Oh, well, yes, yes, okay. we were a bit shivery by the end, but but, but you get that as well. Uh, you've been to the club shop. I've been to the club shop. Yes, because last week, if you remember, we were talking about the fact that you can now get dog leads, beach towels, um, and dog leads, especially. Indeed, popular. yeah, uh, uh, at Adams Park. Now, really, to make this work, I should have bought one of our four dogs that we have at home. Thank you for not bringing one of your. But um, our regular listeners will know that Colin is has a morbid fear of dogs, so I decided that actually that. Would be a bit unfair um, but anyway i did when i was in the club shop today i did buy the dog lead how so i was just curious to see what the dog leads were like um and as we talked about last week i i had hoped that actually maybe you would get, be able to get different versions of the dog lead so i thought you could have like the home kit i thought you could have the the away kit and then like some of the fantastic goalkeeper kits you could have the mardi gras dog lead and the pink dog lead uh, but no you can just get one um it is light and dark blue as you would expect with the wickham wanderers badge on does look very good um, quality. and it, it, it is very good quality as you would expect it uh, it's got one of the, the little clips that, that you have um, on a dog lead and you can also get a dog collar as well it's like QVC uh, it, it, it's brilliant <laughs> 
wouldn't you want this? Come on, no. buy now. What would uh, I want? Um, uh, and also, it's got one of the the, the clippy things as well for, for clippy your dog. things. Clippy things. I don't know what the proper term is. It's like carabiner, isn't it? Like climbers have that it's, sort of thing. You know, but, but definitely, I. I I, I can recommend the dog lead. I think if you put your dog on, and I'm ju- just going to do the sort of like the, the pull test. Yeah. Yeah, your dog wouldn't escape with a Wiccan Wanderer's dog lead. Uh, so get down to the Adams Park shop. One size buy, fits all. Does it um, one size fit all? Well, one size fits all, yes, because uh, the, the great thing about the collar is that the collar is adjustable, so it doesn't matter whether you have a Rhodesian Ridgeback or a Chihuahua, it will Are they still dog? fit. <laughs> <laughs> you would still be okay. Rhodesian uh, Rizback, that does sound big, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, they're, yeah, they're huge. Are they? They were uh, bred to, to fight lions. Wow. Yeah. What, Millwall? Uh, no, not, not, not those lions. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's quite pleased with that. Watching the Carabao Cup draw, I was <laughs> glad when, when, when Millwall came and went yes. last night. Excellent uh, dog lead purchase, though. Yeah, I was very pleased with that. May I touch it? I, oh, you can. Yes, it hasn't, yes it, there you are. It hasn't yeah. been near a dog this, yet, has this it? This is so the I... first time that Colin's ever touched anything to do with the dog. It is. I've never touched a dog lead. Oh, it's very very secure, isn't it? Like, you, could, you could rock climb with that, I reckon. I, I think you probably could, actually, yeah. You know, you could do, like, the Olympic climbing. Yeah. I, I got quite into that. That was quite quite... Quite Olympic climbing with dogs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, yeah that, that's literally the closest I've ever that, got to be in, in Paris 2024. Anything dog related. Uh, that's very smart. Climbing with dogs. Um, and then, of course, uh, in that way of going to the club shop and you think, oh, I'm just going to make a, a small purchase, uh, you then see all of the nice things that are there. Um, so I, I, I got one of the. the oh, look. Uh, I got one of the black and gold training tops. The staff training top. Yeah. Look really at that. Like that. That is smart. Yeah, really like that. Um, For the benefit of the tape, uh, Bob's just held up a black and gold training top. I have. Now, now I'm holding up one of the, the um, blue, light, light dark blue. Wicked oh, I think, yeah, I think Again, they're sort of like, like... They're sort of travel tops. Travel they? They top. Call, I think yeah, that's what they call Polo shirt type thing. That's uh, very smart. Uh, and then a very nice... Uh, it's like Christmas. It is. It will, and this is the trouble. You, you see all oh, the things you think. Um, you have been buying things. I know. I have. Look at I this. I've been buying too, too much. This is the, so, from the so, so autumn winter a, collection. It's sort of hoodie. Oh, look. Black hoodie with the Wicked Wanderers patch on. That does look smart. Luke's filming this for <laughs> social media. It works better on social media than yeah, it does yeah. on radio, but there you go. Just holding up stuff. Um, so, so, yeah, get, get yourself along to the Adams Park shop uh, and say that, that you, <laughs> that you we heard about you. all of it, indeed. <laughs> you heard about all of these products on Wickham Sound. Yeah, no, very good. So, all oh, this is excellent. I didn't realise you'd purchased quite so much. I know. Well, like I say, you know, I'm a bit of a sucker for the club shop. And you Stocks go in, are running you low go now in, in the exactly, club shop. You, you go in thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just buy a mug or something. And you, <laughs> you, know, you come out with a coat and, a, and a, a hoodie and all sorts of things. I've got a Wicked Wanderers pen that lights up. Have you? Yeah. So the Wicked Wanderers It li- lights up? It does. Ooh. You press the thing on the end and it, blue, it lights up blue. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, I don't know the practical use reasons for it, but no, I'm, but uh, d- d- you know, don't get rid of it. No, I won't. You know, I use it. It's a very good pen. Maybe we maybe we could get in touch with Wickham Museum and we could organise a a, a Wickham Wanderers show, <laughs> stroke Wickham Museum exhibition of former Wickham Wanderers uh, products. No, absolutely. Are uh, we looking forward to chatting to Neil next week? Uh, indeed, yes, yes. Uh, Neil Peters will be on the show next week. Uh, we should mention Cheltenham Town. Oh of yes, course, we should. That, of course. that is our, our next game. Um, Thank you for reminding me. Uh, indeed, yes. Um, so they won two 0 in the League Cup um, on Tuesday. They drew one all with Crew Alexandra um, on Saturday. Um, obviously, they were champions of League Two. Not going to be an easy game, uh, and particularly given the state of our, our, our injuries. Um, you know, let's hope that actually we, we can have a pretty much full squad to, to choose from. Uh, club are being quite quiet about that at the moment. I was so. going to say, it sounds like there's a bit of patching up to be doing between Yeah, indeed, now and then. yeah, yeah, I, I think very much so. Um, and it, 
I'm sure Gareth must have been quite frustrated because I think the League Cup is one competition where you really don't want those injuries. Course. You know, if you get injuries in a league game, you sort of think, well, that's, you know, par for the course. But actually, a League Cup game, you are thinking, well, I hope that they all come through this unscathed for 90 minutes. And the fact that actually, yeah, we, we you know, we, we had so many players injured. Uh, but anyway, hopefully that will not affect us this coming Saturday. Uh, and then, of course, we are away. The fixtures do come very thick and fast during August. We're away to Wigan Athletic on Tuesday. And I shall be going along to that one. Oh, fantastic. Uh, join us next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Brilliant to catch up with uh, Luke, uh, with Mike, uh, with Bob, of course, back in the studio. That was very exciting. That was a highlight. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, Bob's purchases as well. Indeed, yes. If you do go to the Adams Park shop, do buy the dog lead. <laughs> Even if you haven't got a dog. Are you on commission? Look out for the training top dog lead. <laughs> <laughs>